lot. In fact, when I was uh, just out of high school, I went on a bicycle trip. How many have gone on a bicycle trip? I went, I started in Anchorage, Alaska, and by the time I got to Guatemala City, I said, enough is enough. And so that was 8,000 miles. Uh, You wouldn't know it from looking at me that I was, well, actually, I wasn't all that uh, much of an enthusiast for bicycles, but I love to travel. So God has used that for, um, I do a lot of travel. Uh, some international, mostly in the United States. The ministry of Rock of Israel is a ministry to proclaim that Yeshua is the Messiah. And so how do we do that? Well, there are um, three ways in which we do that. By the way, it began uh, about 40, uh, let's see, about 47 years ago in uh, California, And I moved the ministry about 25 years ago is when I became president of the ministry. Uh, After being on staff for a number of years, I I became president and moved it from California to Cincinnati. So that's our base of operation. A lot of people ask me, why? Why would I move from sunny Southern California to Cincinnati? And on cold winter days, I wonder why I did that. But it was a good move for I found out that 70% of the U.S. population is east of the Mississippi. So if you look at the area, geographical area, east of the Mississippi, Cincinnati's right in the middle. So that's why we moved to Cincinnati. I think the other 30% must be in Los Angeles. But anyways, we moved, and it was a good move, for we were going to many different cities and handing out thousands of tracts, talking to Jewish people in many different cities, cities like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Chicago, We would go to all the major cities and hand out thousands of tracts. And, of course, we knew that uh, if you're handing out a tract that, you know, has a title, you're going to hell, not too many people would take that. So we wrote tracts that got attention and were read, you know, tracts like, so how do they kosher a pickle? Or uh, tracts like uh, Death by Chocolate, very popular track. Uh, Another one that was very popular was He Thinks He's God's Gift to Women. Now, the women would take this track because they knew a guy like that or possibly married to a guy like that. And the guys even took it because they wanted to read about themselves. So it worked out real well. We handed out about 100,000 tracks every year. But over the years, it's become difficult to find people to help us, to volunteer, to hand out tracks. And also, it's harder to give out tracks on the street because everybody has a cell phone or earbuds and you can't get their attention. So God opened another door of ministry to, for us, and that is to go to fairs. So now we go to state and county fairs and have a booth called Products of Israel, and these products draw Jewish people to us. We don't have to go after them. They come to us to purchase uh, muzuzot and all prayer, you know, talits and all kinds of things. They come to us. We don't have to go after them. Of course, we share with them that we are Jews who believe in Yeshua as our Messiah, and we're able to share material, and and even we have a banner that says, Jesus made me kosher. Now, um, this stops a lot of people in their tracks. I wonder what in the world we have to say about Jesus and kosher. And even the Christians come and say, what are you trying to say here? So we get to talk to a lot of people and share even with Christians how to reach out to uh, Jewish people with the message of Messiah. 
we go every year to um, uh, the South Florida Fair in, um, in West Palm Beach. Every year we go to the uh, State Fair. Uh, the, the South Florida Fair is in January. The State Fair is in Tampa in February. We know when to go to Florida, January and February, especially if you live in Cincinnati. And uh, then we go to other fairs. Uh, for instance, this year, uh, we're going to a fair near uh, San Francisco in Alameda uh, is ne- this coming week. And so keep that in prayer. We have a, a booth at that fair. And then uh, the next one will be um, the Ohio State Fair, then the fair in Toronto, Canada, the National uh, Exposition, a very large fair. Over a million people come to that fair. And then um, uh, the Washington State Fair is a large fair. And then also uh, Arizona State Fair. So we're going to fairs and encountering Jewish people. Also, it's amazing how many Israelis work the fairs. They have all these items that they have at the fair, both, you know, things like the lotions and the, you know, the... Uh, different uh, Dead Sea products, but also they have like helicopters and all kinds of, you know, heating pads. And I don't know if you've been to the fair, but, you know, they have a lot of little gadgets. And we get to talk to a lot of Israelis because uh, they're working the fair just like we are. And uh, we're not seen as, you know, uh, evangelists or missionaries. We're seen as other vendors. And and so we have a rapport with uh, the people at the fair. So that is what we are doing. We're going out. And by the way, some of these fairs are very long. In fact, the one in Washington State is the whole month of September. So when I say we're going to a fair, it's not just a couple days. It's like 12, 13 hours a day for a month long. And so these are very uh, uh, time-consuming. Uh, they take uh, our uh, you know, staff and, and uh, energy and, and finances. And uh, so uh, this is how, what we're doing to reach Jewish people. And the second area of ministry for Rock of Israel is the, that we go to churches to try to educate Christians about the fact that this is a Jewish book. And, of course, you knew that, didn't you? That is written by Jews. And, and we want to help Christians understand the Bible in its culture and context. And so we're sharing in churches across the nation, going to conferences and, and conventions and, and trying to educate Christians, not only to know uh, that the Bible is a Jewish book, but that Jesus is in the Old Testament. And we're telling them that. And, and of course, um, uh, Yeshua said, Moses wrote about me. And so we're helping uh, the Christians uh, see uh, Yeshua in the uh, Tanakh. And the uh, third area, of course, is... Uh, um, well, when we're in the churches, we're trying to instill in the hearts of, of Christians a love for Israel. God loves Israel, and we, we believe that Christians should love Israel. And so we're, we're uh, 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 t- reminding them of the scripture that says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and, and that they should be praying for the Jewish people. The third area is what I have in the foyer. I hope you take time after the service to look at the tables, to see some of the products that we take to the fairs. This is a good example of what we're taking to the fairs, and this is what draws uh, Jewish people to us. So look at the tables. I hope you take time. Uh, I would suggest specifically the books by Dan Gruber, a wonderful uh, author, uh, has done um, a major work in in this field, and so I hope you'd take a look at those books by Dan Gruber. Uh, 
Um, there are three reasons I want you to take time at the table. Number one, uh, some of this product, you won't, uh, you know, things you won't find in your bookstore, so today is a good opportunity. But secondly, uh, whatever you um, desire out there, by giving a donation, it helps us to pay for those fares. You realize we just don't set up at a fair. We have to pay for that privilege. And some of the fairs, the long ones, the big ones, cost a lot of money. In fact, the one in Canada costs $5,000. That doesn't count our travel, lodging, meals, and all the other expenses in an outreach like that. So your donation will help us pay for those fares. So think about that also. Then... um, the, uh, the third reason is every item you buy is one less. I'll have to pack up after this uh, time. But I will, I believe, have it out again on Monday. Is that right? Yeah, I'll have the table out. If you're coming to the, the conference, uh, I'll also have it out on Monday. So that is the ministry that uh, we have. We have a, just a couple of uh, ministers on staff that travel across the nation and um, and our you know our purpose is to proclaim that Yeshua is the Messiah. We want our people to know him, to know that not only that he is the Messiah, the the salvation of Israel, but that he is coming back. He is the King, the Son of David, that will rule and reign forever. Hallelujah. So today, in uh, hopefully a short period of time. Uh, I wanted to uh, share some uh, thoughts. First, uh, that Jews require a sign. Jews require a sign. And I want to tell you a story because I think it illustrates this point very well. In uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, I should have marked it here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 22, it says, For Jews require a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. So it's a given fact. This is a fact that Jews require a sign. And and so I want to share a story that illustrates that. Now, Dr. Brocker is going to be talking about storytelling, so I'm going to give you a story. I'm going to give you a story. There was a family that um, was in Los Angeles. In fact, the... Um, the father of this uh, family had come from Russia, had come through Philadelphia, and, and ended up in Los Angeles. He met uh, a lady, or his name was Louis, and he met a lady named Anna. Now, her parents had come from Russia also, and had uh, come uh, a little earlier than that in the late 1800s, and ended up in Boston, but then ended up in Los Angeles. So, they met. They met and married, and uh, so Louis and Anna married, and, and they thought they had their lives before them. They were Jews, and they were Orthodox Jews, and, um, and so um, uh, disaster struck, for in 1918, there was a flu epidemic, and m- millions died, and in fact, Louis died. And uh, they had two daughters and one son that was only two months old. And uh, so Lewis died of the flu epidemic in 1918. And then, um, so it was a difficult time. Anna 
didn't remarry. She was a single mother with three young children, and it was a difficult time in, in the world. Uh, you have uh, the First World War had uh, been going on, and, and it was, you know, the Depression was coming, and it was a difficult time for anyone, but this young family... Uh, with only uh, a mother to take care of these three children. And so she had to take on many jobs to try to make ends meet. She worked uh, in a little store. She took in laundry. She, she did everything she could to take care of her, her small family. And over the years, she worked hard, and, and it was difficult. And, and so there, there was a couple of ladies in the neighborhood that began to help her, seeing how she struggled. And uh, they were so kind to her that they would, they would say, well, can we do anything for you? And, and uh, they would take her to the store, and they would do uh, whatever they could for this young family. And over the years, uh, they kept on asking her to come to church with them. And she said, no, I'm Jewish. And, uh, but, you know, after a while, after a while, it got to the point that she felt obligated to these uh, couple ladies that kept on asking her to come to church. So finally she says, ah, I'll come. And so she went to church with them. And she she knew that um, she shouldn't go to church, but she, she wanted to show her appreciation for this, these uh, ladies that had helped her so much. And, and so she went to church, but uh, she decided she wasn't going to look at the preacher. She, she had heard that, you know, they, they could hypnotize people, and, and so she, she wouldn't look at, at the preacher, and she didn't even want to listen to the pre- preacher. And so she, she looked at the pulpit, and she was looking at it, and, and, and she saw something on the pulpit. And, and it was Hebrew letters. And so she, she wrote down the Hebrew letters. She, she didn't know Hebrew and hadn't, you know, studied it. And so she, she didn't know what it said. And so she thought, well, I'll take this to my father. And he knows Hebrew. He'll tell me what it says. So she took it to her father. And uh, her father said, where did you see this? And, of course, she's not going to tell him where she saw this. Uh, this Orthodox man is not going to understand why she went to church. And uh, so she, she says, oh, I just saw it somewhere. I didn't know what it, you know, it was Hebrew letters. I, I didn't know what it said. And he said, well, it, it's uh, three words. And it says, uh, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Holy, holy, holy. Now, she had been, you know, helped by these ladies for a number of years. She had been, uh, they had witnessed to her. And, and, and here she saw these Hebrew words in a church, on a pulpit in the church. Well, that changed her mind. She had always thought that, you know, uh, she, she didn't want anything to do with uh, Yeshua, and she didn't want to do anything with the Christians. And in fact, she knew the history of persecution in the name of Jesus. And so uh, she, had, she had never wanted uh, anything to do with Jesus. But here, there was these words in Hebrew on the pulpit. And, and so that began to change her heart. And that began a, 
a time of going to the church where she was beginning to listen and to, uh, to believe. And so she believed that Yeshua was the Messiah. Well, her children thought she had gone crazy because they had been taught all along that Jesus is not even a word that they could even say. They, they, their mouths were washed out if they had said the word Jesus. So they thought perhaps that she had gone crazy. And so they thought about taking her to the uh, insane asylum, but, but they didn't want to do that. She had worked hard all her life to help them and to bring them up, and they loved her. And, and, but they, they knew that they had been taught that Jesus is not for Jews. And so they, they didn't know what to do. And, and one of them, uh, the, one of the girls, there was two girls and one boy, and one of the girls had been going to Hollywood to become an actress. And her name is Ruth, and she she was going to, uh, to uh, she was um, go, you know studying to be an actress, but it was so hard, and and she was almost having a nervous breakdown herself because of the the all that was going on in in her uh, field of endeavor of becoming an actress, and so she had taken a kind of a hiatus, a, a sabbatical, if you will. And, um, and she had come home, and, and so her, her siblings told her that she needed to do something about their mother, that she, she was going crazy. And so, <clears throat> so she says, well, I'm, I'm an actress. I can tell when someone is, is lying or, or is, is uh, uh, false. And so I'll go to church with mother, and, and I will show her that these people are false, that they, it is just a false religion. It's a cult. And, and so, uh, you know, of course, you know, what ran through the children's mind was all that their mother had taught them that, that to have nothing to do with this Jesus. In fact, the boy had been growing up uh, learning to fight with kids by, by how much he was, you know, taunted with, you know, Kai Kishini, a dirty Jew. So he had a lot of fights. In fact, his grandfather paid him a quarter for every fight he had. And, and so they, they could not understand how she would even, even think about believing in this man Jesus, this imposter, this this person who was a fabrication of, of um, uh, you know uh, a, a a false messiah, and so they they wanted to do something to bring her back to the fold. They had they had learned from her, and they didn't want her to go astray, and so she goes to church with her mother, and um, you know the people are kind, and the, the people are are uh, so glad that she has come and and she really can't find any problems there and so she continues to attend she wants to help her uh, her mother see the light and and finally she says well I can't find anything wrong I'll go one more time and uh, if I can't find anything let's just let her be she's happy she's had such a hard time let her be happy and so she goes with them, her mother, and um, on that night, uh, it was the seventh time she had gone, and on that night, uh, the, the pastor asked a man to pray in commencement uh, of the service, and, 
And she said she saw the glory of God come on him. She could not fault this. This was something with her own eyes that she saw. And uh, she, she saw the glory of God on this man and his, such peace and such countenance that she knew this was more than what she thought it was. And she became a believer. So now we have the mother and the daughter believing in Yeshua as Messiah. Well, soon after... The other daughter became a believer, and then it was only the boy. And he thought he was the man of the house, and he thought he was losing control of his household, and uh, he didn't know what to do. In fact, he argued with his sister and, and called her names, and, and she said, Well, I just read in the Bible where I'm not supposed to cast pearls before swine. He said, What do you mean calling me a pig? That's the worst thing you could call a Jew. And so... She, uh, she said, well, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to help you, but you're not listening. And he said, well, you know, we, we, we're Jews. We don't believe in Jesus. And so, um, but it was ending up where he was the only one that wasn't believing in Jesus. And so uh, it began a process of, of combativeness. And, and finally, his mother asked him to come home early that night. And uh, he says, why? And she said, well, we're having a small birthday party for your sister Ruth. And he says, well, who's going to be there? And she didn't want to tell him, but uh, she had to. And she said, well, the pastor is going to come. And, and he said, a pastor in our house? No way am I coming home tonight. I'm not coming home. And so he went out to the dance, and, and uh, he was uh, dancing with his girlfriend. And he said he got sick, and he was sick. And he couldn't dance anymore. And finally, he told his girlfriend, I have to take you home. And you know, it was about midnight. He thought, well, the party should be over and I should be fine to go home. And so he went home. And um, lo and behold, the people were still there at midnight. And he thought, well, I'm going to go in and tell this preacher to get out of our house. Uh, he's not welcome in our house. And, and uh, he, he started to go in. Of course, he was a little afraid. He had never met a preacher before. He didn't know if they were human or not. And um, so he goes into the house, and, and he's ready to tell this pastor to get out of his house. And the pastor starts talking about sports to him. Well, he liked sports. And uh, so, you know, he thought, okay, well, that, that's all right. Then I, he could stay for a little while. And so they were talking, and, and finally the pastor gets around to asking him if he had ever asked God whether or not Yeshua is the Messiah. And he says, no, I don't have to. I know he's not, he's not the Son of God. God didn't have a son. There, there's, no, there's no way. There's only one God. And the pastor said, well, why don't you ask God if, if he had a son named Yeshua or Jesus? And um, uh, he says, well, okay. And uh, the pastor said, well, no, right now, ask. And he said, what? And he said, yeah, pray and ask God. And he said, well, you know, Jews pray standing up. The pastor said, well, you could stand or sit. I think God will hear you either way. And he said, well, we, uh, we have written prayers. And um, the pastor says, well, I want you to just pray from your heart. Ask God. And he said, are you afraid? And uh, 
He said, no, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. And uh, he says, okay, well, pray and uh, ask God. And so uh, he said, um, his name was Hyman, and Hyman said, um, God, God the Father, our God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God, you know, he's, he's trying to come up with some of the prayers he had learned, and he's not getting anything. He finally says, God, I don't believe you had a son. And he said, um, but if you did, show me. Jews require a sign. So, immediately, there was a feeling inside of him. There was a strange feeling. He got really anxious, and and, uh, he was trembling, and he didn't know what was happening to him. And, of course, everybody else knew what was happening, and so they started to pray. And uh, he got a little concerned about these people praying so loud, so he went to shut the windows. He didn't want anyone else to hear uh, this going on in his house. And so his mind, he got off of what was happening inside of him. But he knew that something happened as soon as he prayed. God, show me that uh, something happened in him. And and um, the next day, he was laying on a couch. And all of a sudden, it began to shake. And, you know, this is California. So you expect this kind of thing. But nothing else was moving. Nothing on the walls, not, not the chandelier. Nothing was moving except the couch that he was on. And uh, he, he said, um, uh, what is this? This is, this is something strange. This is, this is something happening to me. What's happening to me? And so, you know, he... His mind went to all that he'd been taught that Jesus is not the Messiah of Israel, that, 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 that uh, the Jews were persecuted in his name, that all these things were combating in his mind for what was right. And, and so uh, finally he, he asked his mother, he says, uh, let's go talk to those ladies that you know and let's find out what's happening to me. And so... They, she was glad to get him to go, and she went with him, and she said, well, come on in uh, the house. And he said, no, you go in and find out what's happening to me. I'll stay out here. And so, the, of course, she went in, and they began to pray. And uh, again, he had this sensation that was strange to him and nothing he had ever experienced before. Finally, I, finally he, he decided to go to church. He decided that that was where he, was, he would find out for sure. He knew that something was changing in him, and he just knew he had to go to church. He, he was beginning to believe. And so he, he t- called his sister and says, Ruth, let's, let's go to church to, and, and so I could find out. And, uh, and, and she said, well, yeah, uh, that's wonderful. And she said, he said, well, right now. He said, she said, no, no, the church won't be open until 7 o'clock. And he said, why don't churches keep their doors open? And, and she said, well, we can go at 7. And so they, they went in, and, and she was so excited to get him to come to church that her arm was through his arm. They started down the aisle, and he poked his sister and said, Ruth, Ruth, are your shoes touching the carpet? And she said, of course they are. He said, mine aren't. I'm as light as a feather. I feel like I'm walking on air. And the, the truth of 
the gospel had come into his heart. He believed that Yeshua took away his sins and he was a new creation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The story doesn't end there. They, the family became, of course, believers in Messiah. But the story doesn't end. For also, besides the Jews require a sign, we also know the scriptures tell us that in those days, this, well, in uh, Isaiah 42, 6, it says, I, Adonai, called you in righteousness. I will take hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. In the Torah portion today, it was talking about the lampstand, but he, God said that, that Israel would be a light to the nations. And so the story doesn't end there because they, this family, became a light to the nations. Also, the scripture says in um, Zechariah, oh my, Zechariah eight twenty three. Thus says Adonai Zebaot, in the those days it will come to pass that ten men from every language of the nations will grasp the corner of the garment of a Jew and say, "Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you." And so the end of the story is that. Ruth, who was to be a, an actress, became a teacher at a Bible school and taught many students about the God of Israel. And, and uh, not only did she teach many students, um, but she also wrote many books, uh, about 20 different books. And so the impact of her life is the ripple effect. We'll never know how many people that she impacted for the Lord. So she was a light to the nations. In fact, a number of the people that came to that Bible school were from uh, many different countries, uh, 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 Japan and China, and and many different countries had come to that Bible school that she taught. And uh, and, uh, and then the the, um, Hyman, he, he went to Bible school and became a missionary. And he was a missionary in Haiti and in Africa. And he led thousands of Gentiles, Christian, or people to the Lord. Gentiles that would not have heard the good news had he not become a believer. So thousands came to the Lord because of his ministry in, in Haiti and in Africa. The other sister, she she worked. She she uh, worked for a, um, I think a, um, I forget what it's called, uh, kind of mechanical shop, and she supported Hyman in his ministry. She supported Ruth in her ministry, and so the family reached out to thousands of people, a light to the nations, and this family is my family. For Hyman was my father. Anna was my grandmother. And so the story continues. The story continues. For I have reached thousands of people in my travels. Thousands of people on the street. Thousands of people at the fairs. That the light is going forward. 
God created the Jews to be a light to the nations. I um, paraphrase a verse in the Bible you're very familiar with. For God so loved the world, he created the Jews. <laughs> the, the light to the nations. It is, it is what God intended. God doesn't just love the Jews. He loves the world. So he created the Jews to be a light to the nations. And if you're not Jewish, you know you're grafted in. And it is your job to be a light to the nation. You have been grafted for the same purpose. For God loves the world. And that is our duty for the love that he has extended to us to share that with the nations. And so that is why my heart is for outreach. And I hope that your heart is for outreach. For we read in Romans 15 that there is a revival coming. Romans 11, 15. It says, For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? You can't be more revived than that. Life from the dead. So we have the opportunity to bring resurrection life to the world. We need Israel to see their Messiah. I was talking to Rabbi last night, and uh, he said, I think that reaching the Israel in America, you know, there are about 6 million Jews in America, reaching Israel in America, when they become believers and move back, because God is going to regather Israel, when they move back to Israel, they will be the light to Israel. So, in conclusion... You be a light. Also pray for Rock of Israel as we are a light to the Jewish people and the nations. God bless you.